<laughs> are you ready to go? We are. This is the Convo Norm in London, Mike in Chicktawaga. Wow. The Maple Leafs over the last, what, 72 hours and maybe even a, a week back under renovation and not just a simple renovation. This is some serious stuff. Out, Sandine Anderson, Engvall, in, O'Reilly, Achari, McCabe, Lafferty, Gustafson, Jen. Holy shit! OG's conference, what is up? The Leafs at the Oilers tonight will focus in on all of these changes and perhaps more changes to come before the deadline on Friday, March 3rd. Mr. Angelo, good evening. Good evening, Norm. Um, I'll, I'll slightly dispute with the renovation uh, analogy because um, because I, because honestly, okay, they've subtracted two everyday players in Sandine and Engvall, and both of them after the fact for draft picks to recoup draft capital. Um, Joey Anderson was mostly a Marley, so he really doesn't factor in. Neither is Adam Gaudet or Pavel Gogolev. You know, th those players are inconsequential. Um, this is an addition. This is a, this is a, like you have a house and you're building an extra room on it. That's what this basically is. They they are accumulating renovations, Mike. Well, they they're accumulating assets without oh subtracting God. significantly from the core. <laughs> Everybody and thinks the Leafs are going all in, Mike. That's the uh, that's the impression. Optically, you you have to make that argument. The Leafs are going all in. This is the most active Kyle Dubas has been. Yes. And it's yes. awesome. We love well, it. I'm not saying it's not awesome, but I'm I am saying that it's I think characterizing it as like you know this like I mean I mean the one you know I heard somebody can being concerned about chemistry. It's like okay, well if they were trading out bodies, big bodies like you know trading Neander, trading Riley, trading you know, those that's. Look what's going on in L.A. right now with Jonathan Quick being traded. It was a gut punch. Everybody hates the general manager right now. Right now in Toronto, all they're doing is adding to the existing group. Now they have a so they have so many options, and you know I'm not going to go back and legislate the uh, the O'Reilly deal, but the O'Reilly deal was the first one. It was you know two weeks ago, and you know we can see already how he has sort of acclimated himself to the how roster. Wait, in, in your eyes, from what you've seen, how has he done that? Encapsulate that. I think he's played I think he's played well. I think right. but I also think that he is playing in a position that in the end he is not going to play. They they kept him, they put him in the second line. He's he's playing well with uh Tavares and with Marner, but I do think like when game one of the of the Stanley Cup playoffs starts, he's gonna be the third line center and Tavares will be in the middle. Because the whole reason for acquiring him is to lengthen their lineup against a very deep Tampa lineup. Right. And if you are going deep into a playoffs and you are worth your weight in contendership, you need a guy like O'Reilly, not on your first line, second line. You need him on third line. So this is the way to integrate him and then you spread it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And and the the sneaky part of the McCabe deal okay. included Lafferty is the fact that they got Chicago to retain 50%. He's got two more years at 2 million bucks. Lafferty's got another year at a million one. The Leafs have a ton, a ton of unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. Right. And 
they have to think about that. They have to think about fielding a roster next year. So having two guys with term on their deals and not really heavy cap hits are, it was, a, uh, I think a big factor. Plus the, um, the addition of McCabe made Rasmus Sandin expendable. Um, I didn't particularly like moving in moving out a 22 year old defenseman who I think has a lot of talent. There are a lot of people who, you know, think it was he, either him or Lilligren. You know that, Mike. If, if well, they had to go, it was Sandy. Right, but I, but I I still don't think. See, the thing is that uh, I mean, right now they're not Salming and Lidstrom, right? So no, but right, but but okay, you have to think about going forward. What's going on with the, with the, with the team, and you have to say. Okay, Sandine was somebody who was under control for three more years after right. this year. Okay. And your right, your left side of your defense is Morgan Riley, who's locked up long term, uh, Jake McCabe, who's locked up for another two years, and a 39 year old Mark Giordano, who has not slipped at all, still a very effective player. But I mean, how long can he? I mean, he did an interview with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Says he wants to play. If they win a Stanley Cup, he may retire. But if he, if, if he may want to play another two or three years, and I'm sure he'd probably play for the same amount that he's playing for right now because he wants to stay in Toronto. But the whole part part of it is is left the left side of the blue line now is a little shallow because they've but traded they've traded Sandine. But Mike, so the, many people want the Leafs to go all in. They've had enough of this bullshit future, future, future. There will always be a future. And if you're creative and you're smart, and again, there are picks. And again, this idea of, well, every year we've got to go into a draft as if we're picking a top flight prospect every single year. You can't have both, man. Like at the end of the day, give me an example of a team that can do it both ways. Wins cups and drafts top guys in the, the first part of the first round who are bona fide A1 guys. There, no the, team can do that, Mike. The Tampa Bay Lightning. You know what? A lot of people no, they, think they're going to get pumped in the first round because they look old and tired. Yeah, they have a great they have a great goaltender, mm -hmm. but uh, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of OGs and Converse think they're going to get pumped. They think their time is maybe not necessarily done, but for this run, the Leafs are going to finally, um, you know, hit, you know, uh, I guess, um, put a, an absolute expiry on this group and, and take their leap. And that's why Kyle Dubas is doing things to um, to to strengthen, strengthen this group. Clearly, there's a sense of urgency here, Michael uh, P. Agello from Chicktawaga, New York, USA. Yeah, for, from your mouth to God's ear, but I, I just, I just think that you know, until I see it, I won't believe it. And I think, you know, this is a team that's won two Stanley Cups and three Stan and been in three straight Stanley Cup finals. So yeah, it's very possible that they, you know, all those extra games over the last few years have worn this team down. But I think there's still a a a mountain, uh, you know, that you have to that you have to climb over. Um, but you know, going so going back to the, uh, you know, after. They expended a first-round pick to trade for O'Reilly, and expended right. a first-round pick, a future first-round pick to get McCabe. What did they do? They traded Sandine to get a first-round pick mm -hmm. and Eric Gustafson, and right. they got a third-round pick for Pierre Engvall to clear cap space, and then they flipped a different third-round pick to get Luke Shen. So, Jay Paul Turner. Uh, that 
leads his his comment to, is right in line with what you're talking about right now and what may be to come. Yes, I, I mean this is the thing, and we we just saw it in the last uh, few minutes. Uh, Philip Ronick, who's a offensive defenseman with the uh, Red Wings, who's under contract for another year, I believe, or another two years. He just got traded to Vancouver for a first round pick and an extra pick. Um, Shane Gostaspear, who was having a good year with Arizona, he just got traded to Carolina for a third round pick. Now, Eric Gustafson's neither one of those guys, but he's he's making eight hundred thousand dollars and he's got thirty eight points. I don't. I think he's sort of an extra piece. You know, Morgan Riley's the point guy in the power play, and if Morgan Riley goes down, then a guy like Timmins or a guy like Giordano could fill in in the interim. I don't think you're keeping nine defensemen. So, and they they actually have ten because Jordy Ben's down in the minors. So I think they're going to end up trading Gustafson, flipping him for draft picks because I draft capital is important. Now they may use that draft capital before three p.m. on Friday to make other deals, but I think. They may make another deal uh, to shed some salary and maybe add one more player. I'm still hoping that they add a guy like Austin Watson, a physical winger. I know some people don't like that right. idea. I but, think it's possible. But, but then we get into, if you don't think renovations are ongoing right now, if they add an Austin Watson, then, I mean, technically you'd have to consider that a, a renovation because they're adding and, and not necessarily too, too many guys off the roster, but the shuffle will mean some guys who have gotten them to this point or at least contributed um, to the Leafs getting to this point will uh, be the odd men out. Jay Paul Turner, thanks so much for the um, contribution for those listening on podcast. With eight defensemen, I think they move Gustafson and a pick for a winger so they can slot O'Reilly down to the third comfortably. Jay Paul, the man, the myth, the magic, Michael Piagello of HockeyBuzz.com and the Leafs Combo and whatever other podcast or platforms you were on uh laid that out for us uh so succinctly and, and we appreciate him doing so a lot of new names in the chat we appreciate that subscribership has gone bananas so do me a favor guys and i pontificate stay like don't just well we're subscribing for now and then we're gonna leave we've been going for a long time we provide all kinds of content we're very consistent we're around what else are the hell guys like us gonna do uh, other than talk about the leaves mix and mingle with you guys and this again is prime time this is content christmas leading up to the trade deadline leading up to july 1st and then throughout the playoffs the longer the leafs go the more you'll get from us and we'll have an absolute blast it's a kiss and cry when they get eliminated and who knows what kind of kiss and cry it would be if they ever won a bloody stanley cup wouldn't that be an amazing thing mike just real quick on the picks um they lost a, a first and 23 a first and 25 third and 23 uh, Ottawa's third and 23, a second and 24, a second and 26, uh, a fourth and 25 coming back. And again, losing all that draft capital, you, 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 you do that in order to get guys to help today building for tomorrow, not as much, but I mean, again, it's a, it's a balance, uh, Boston's first and 23, uh, the Islanders third and 24 and a couple of Chicago picks, uh, 24, 25, both fifth rounders. And again, you know, so, you know, you got to get something to get something. It doesn't work out perfect. And, you know, Mike and I, uh, OG's conference, we go back and I'm sure there's some of the older guys too. We go back to a time when nobody gave a fuck about draft picks. I mean, draft schmapped and all that kind of stuff. Nobody cared. Then 0405 came about after the lockout. There was a salary cap. And then, 
there were fans, a whole fandom was born that devoted the South to numbers and a salary cap, not necessarily the player, but how that player, you know, metrically and uh, financially uh, uh, fit into the, 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 the puzzle of money that you had available to you. And that's what got people crazy. That's what people got, that's what people got um, uh, crazy about. For us right now, this kind of thing with all of the trades going on, uh, despite a salary cap and despite draft capital being gone and coming back, we're it's it's fun to see trades to see uh, a team uh, whether under renovation or be um, uh, added to with players taking risks. This is this harkens back to the old days, and obviously there is still some some math that has to be um, tabulated and figured out before these things happen. But that's why this is so amazing, and that's why this seems so out of the ordinary for somebody like Dubas, who has made moves in the past, but certainly not to this extent, Michael. Well, uh, you want if you want to simplify things when it comes to what they've done so far, Rasmus Sandin was traded for a first-round pick, the, the first-round pick that was traded in the O'Reilly deal. So just substitute the first-round pick for uh, Rasmus Sandin. In, in a sense, Rasmus Sand, it was Rasmus Sandin, a second and a third for O'Reilly and Enola Chari. So um, I, 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 you know, that, that sort of simplifies things a, a bit. Now, the thing I like is, and I thought Pierre Engvall was a very useful forward, but I can understand why the Leafs moved him simply because he was an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, he's one of these guys who has really frustrated uh, um, Sheldon Keefe. Right. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. A lot of talent doesn't take advantage of that talent at times, but he was an effective defensive player for, for this, uh, for this team. Now, they believe that they have replaced him with some of the assets that they've acquired, like Achari and uh, and and Lafferty on the fourth line, so they could afford to to to, to shed his two point something, I think two point two five million dollars salary, because they need to activate Matt Murray. But then they flipped the draft pick, not the same one, but a third round pick to get Shen. I think Shen is just as impactful and just as important of an acquisition than uh, McCabe. Or almost as much as I agree with you. I certainly agree with you, Mike. Like again, ooh, he he moves the puck and he's defensively sound. How about somebody who takes it to the opposition that the opposition is aware of when that individual is on the ice? Because it's not just they're counting the number on the on the guy's back, and it's oh shit, um, be, beware, right? Be careful. Right. Shen's, Shen's obviously a see, Shen is a, a the you know I guess the the hit guy in the league right now statistically and that's his that's his job to be um to be cognizant of what's going on to be sound to be reliable and to bring the fucking wood why not the Leafs need more of those guys and you're right um even a, a younger um who has a bit more capability what Shen brings is uh, on an equal level. Um, to to what somebody with a little bit more of an array of oper- or of, of, of what, what he offers at this point, these these things are are very very close in terms of what they can bring back and how they can affect the game positively for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly referred to Luke Shen as an ar- as the human eraser, exactly like our like RJWI just said, um, and you know he played with 
uh, Luke's brother, Braden in St. Louis. Um, and you know, this year he's leading the NHL in hits and it's not, it's not a stat that is being pumped up. It, you know, he, he had 12 hits against the Leafs when they played in Vancouver. So yeah, again, Mike, it seems so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> apparently he's ecstatic to come to Toronto. about for years. Yeah, apparently he's ecstatic to come back to Toronto. So, you know, now, and this is just esoteric here, but um, Jake McCabe was assigned number two by the uh, by the Leafs. I wonder if he changes that because Luke Shen played number, wore number two when he was with the Leafs before. It'll be interesting to see what he wears. But I do think, you know, with the numbers, if when game one comes around against Tampa, Luke Shen's in the lineup. I, but I just hope that uh, Sheldon Keefe sits Justin Hall instead of Timothy Lilligren because Timothy Lilligren is a top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. And Justin Hall is not. But you know, wow, the chickens, the chickens. That's the thing. The chickens may come home to roost on number three, right? Sheldon Keefe thinks he's fucking Bob Yor, but Kyle Dubas, with the moves that he's made, you know, is is, is, is hinting at hey Sheldon. Let's go have a cocktail and talk about this number three. Justin Hole, I've been on the whole train for, for the whole year. Uh, but to, to you know, there I'm not seeing progression. There's regression there. And the what I hate is when a guy still looks like a deer in the headlights. Like take the opportunity and run with it. You're an NHL. Why can't you develop into something that is special? Go for it, as opposed to, oh, I'm out here still. What the hell? I'm running around like a, a chicken with my head cut off. Like I'm glad there's more defensive options for Sheldon Keefe, and I'm, 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 I'm. You know, there's got to be some sort of communication between the top and the bench with, hey, Hall. As much as he's been integral to what we've done so far, really, you pull him out and add a new guy in there, or slot somebody up and bring guys in like Shannon McCabe, Hall. If Hall's not on the ice, Mike, and I've said this about Nylander years ago, and I can't say this now, but if Hall's not on the ice, no one cares. Like, nothing changes, especially with Luke Shen coming in. Yeah, but, I mean, this is the thing. Shen is likely limited to being a bottom-pairing defenseman, and that's that's fine. That's his role. That doesn't have enough of an impact, Mike, and you know that. No, I I think if he's going to play 14, 15 minutes on the bottom pairing, and he's going to be impactful because he's going to be physical, and you don't want to overextend him now. In limited minutes, you think Hull might actually turn out to be a better player than what we're seeing. He's just too exposed, and which is kind of weird. Like, wouldn't you want more ice time? Well, I mean – when a player, you know, he is not the fastest defenseman right now at age 33. He's limited in terms of, you know, he's a role player. He's the, he's not the Luke Shen. Yeah, that Shen's was. a role player. We're talking about Shen, right? We're jumping around. Paul Shen. No, Shen Shen is a role player. But, you know, and that that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, he's going to all of a sudden be a top four defenseman in spite of him being physical. I think he's limited to playing bottom pairing. You know, maybe with Giordano, maybe with, uh, you know, I, I don't know who, you know, they, they that's up. You know, Gi- Giordano likely is going to be the bottom pairing left shot defenseman. So, right. But right, but right now, and I'm just looking up as we speak here just to see what Shen's minutes in, in Vancouver were. And that's really mean, me- meaningless in a sense because, um, you he's know. Probably playing more there than he will with the 
Right, exactly. He's you know, he was playing. Uh, I think he was playing around 17 minutes a night. I can't seem to find it on NHL.com. Mike, but... can you break down? So, okay, do me a favor real quick. And, and here's the problem here, guys. We have lots of people on podcasts who listen to this show after the fact, so they can't see the chat. Um, sometimes uh, I don't refer to the chat or, just, or I don't you know, explain what's going on in the chat, but refer to something in the chat. And people on podcasts, everybody complains, right? We're in the world of complainers. Um, and then they threaten to unsubscribe. Um Thanks for that. Uh, and I, I would I'd recommend anybody who listens to the podcast through a platform like Stitcher or Apple or whatever it is. I don't know. Come to the YouTube channel. This is where the action is at. But can you do me a favor, Mike, real quick? We won't go too, too much longer. Another 10 minutes or so. We've got 100 people in the chat and it's growing by the minute because people are like, what the hell? Um, real quick, uh, your uh, how you would slot out six defensemen, you know, first pairing, second pairing, third pairing, and how you think Keith will do it real quick. Um, if it's me, it would be Brody and Riley, um, McCabe and Liljegren, and Giordano and Shen. Uh, Keith will likely do Riley and Brody, uh, Giordano and Hall, and McCabe and Liljegren. Just bring up Hall like. Holy shit! You need a, uh, an Anderson or something like that just to get get through. Thinking he should, wear, he should wear number four like Corey Cross because that's what he is. Basically. Oh my gosh! OG's converts, have you hit the like button on this content, or have you subscribed to the podcast? If you haven't, um, you are unlike so many other people who are jumping on board the good ship, the Leafs combo. We uh, certainly appreciate it. The community portion of the podcast has been lively. It has been amazing. And uh, we certainly appreciate your support. But here's the thing, guys. This isn't a flash in the pan. We've been going for a long period of time. There are the doldrums of running a, a small weekly podcast, you know, a thousand views a, a week and another thousand on podcast. And we kind of go about our business. These are big times. And there are some people just discovering us now or those coming back to us and seeing that we're still here, still committed. It's amazing, and we're just we're just a fun community. We have a have a good time. Mike is the Mike Mike is the Robert Plant, and I'm Jimmy Page. If if of of the group, right, Mike? You know, I'm 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 sorry. I don't I don't have the hair. Your favorites, but um, I don't have the hair that Robert Plant had. You're not as tall, and the jeans uh, the jeans are still as tight. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go any further than that. <laughs> Sorry, I, there was no Sarah McLaughlin reference in there, Mike, and I, I know. Um, you mean Mrs. You mean Mrs. Jello, don't you mean? Yeah, just. <laughs> you're you're the art artist, Michelangelo. Uh, it worked out uh, absolutely perfect. Uh, Jeff Curry, Mike, and Norman Mike are awesome. Uh, waving, uh, I, I think I don't know if that's uh, something I can understand. Uh, yeah. But there's just a lot of chat going on right now. Okay, so you know we're what? What are we? 48 hours from the trade deadline, less than that now. Um, there are so many players in, a few players out. You you don't consider this a renovation. It's an augmentation at this point, just an right. addition, right? We'll see how Sheldon Keith um, reconfigures the line with lines with all the new guys, who's in, who's out. And I don't think it's so. I don't think the changes are over with. I think there's more. I think there's right. more to come. It's just a question of how much more. Now, I know that yesterday. 
when it came out that uh, Columbus was sitting Corpus Allo, there was some speculation that the Leafs might be I going. For, yeah, that the Leafs might be going for some goaltending insurance. Right. Um, maybe that's based on them being scared that uh, uh, you know Matt Murray may have a recurrence of an injury. Now, this is the thing. Um, they work. They they did that a couple of years ago, if you remember, when Freddie Anderson was hurt, uh, adding David Riddich from uh, from Calgary for I think it was a third round pick. So, is it possible? And I know that when I say this name, it rings through and it goes right to my but my good buddy Steve Dangle, and he would be jumping for joy at the possibility of James Reimer returning to uh, Toronto. But if you look at like the available goaltenders out there in terms of a, if they were going after a third string goalie or somebody who had more experience than a guy like Reimer uh, might be, might make sense because I don't think it would cost them a ton, you know, maybe an Eric Schalgren and a, and a low round or lower mid round pick. But I, I think it's, it's Reimer bring, that Shalgren and Wall can't just experience. Yeah, NHL experience, pure and simple. Playoff experience. I mean, unfortunately, playoff experience was giving up four goals in the third period. But uh, you know, to That's uh, 2013, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Just, just, a, a OG's a converts. OG's converts here. I, again, this will this will um, indicate who's old enough, who's young enough. Who watched that game? 2013. And I, I remember that. And I had to go to Niagara Falls the next day. And I listened to the uh, F, or, um, the Fan 590 on the way down. And we had the ki- uh, like both kids in the back of the CRV, the drive. I didn't say a word. It was just hard. And I was working in television in those days, too. So, you know, I had to kind of report locally with nights and all that kind of stuff. And when, you know, reporting that leaf loss was just gut-wrenching because I was fan Like, I was so deep into it, Mike. You and I were doing things on talk shoe. It was a lot of fun, and then they blew that lead after Kadri made it four-one. Holy shit! But holy you know, shit. and now I've seen Reimer's face. He's got that smile, that stupid song that was on. Holy crap, Mike! I'm starting to think it's going to happen. Well, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, if they decide they want goaltending insurance, that might be the inexpensive option for them in terms of you know uh san jose retaining 50 percent, so it might be that i i believe that like i said i think the move one move that they're going to make and i can't guarantee uh definitely it's going to happen but when when you look at the fact that they have nine defensemen and gustafson has 38 points right now and you know is a power play quarterback and he makes 800k um there are teams that are up against the cap that would use and and need a power play quarterback. I thought Edmonton might be, but uh, Jeff Merrick said today that uh, Edmonton wouldn't be in on it. Maybe a, maybe a team like Calgary who has a chance to make the playoffs and maybe doesn't want to spend a ton of money or a ton of assets on a uh, on a defenseman. But I think he's I think he's likely to move. And then it's a question of what else. What else would he do? Well, why would you just bring him on to sit around when you can parlay him in for, to, for right. something? Exactly, and but where where I where I think there is a move yet to be made. Out wish, Spike. Where I think there is a move yet to be made is up front because right now there are twelve forwards. Right, Wayne Simmons is in the in the AHL, although he'll never play an AHL game. But he's he cleared waivers. He's his salary is buried I- right now. 
Um, you know, so he's an extra forward when the playoffs come around. Um, you have Bobby McMahon and Pontus Holmberg and Alex Steves, who have played some games in the NHL. And obviously you have Matthew Nyes, who's going to probably likely sign with the Leafs after Minnesota's season's over with. But there's not a lot of experience other than Wayne Simmons there. And that's why I think there is the possibility if they can find a reasonably priced forward yep. that they would add that I keep going back to Austin Watson. My, my source in Ottawa says maybe they're not going to trade him now because he scored two goals against Detroit yesterday. And, and he's going to Ottawa too. Right. So, and they think they have an outside chance of making the playoffs, but I still think they're going to trade him. But there are, there are other options out there in terms of a physical forward that they might be able to get uh, that could, that could be somebody that could step in and, you know, there could, there could be injury. I mean, if there's an injury, Pontus Holmberg is likely the first call up, but I do think that they need one more sort of nuclear weapon right. uh, in their, in their quiver, another arrow in their quiver to be able to, uh, you know, say that they have enough depth going into the playoffs. And I think that's very possible, but it all depends how things break. It, it may be a deal that ends up on Friday as things get, get ramped up pressure wise. Okay. So uh, more people are in the chat and we we've got to wrap it up. So as, uh, as the um, receivership of the show increases, we have to uh, wind things down, but I, I, I want to uh, kind of go through some of the comments in the chat because some of their uh, some of them are a beauty. Uh, Lou St. Clair, Reimer is not a bad choice at all. And again, he'd be the sentimental uh, choice to come back if you're just adding another goaltender. Uh, and I think again, I think his connection to the to the fan base a lot different than Shen's. Right, Shen left kind of in a, as a disappointment. Uh, Reimer was central to a a disappointment, but I don't know if the co the collective. Um, the majority of the collective would pin it on Reimer as opposed to just a complete breakdown from that team. And there are a lot of OGs and Converse in the chat right now reacting to that game in 2013 and uh, the pain they still feel. Uh, yeah, nice right, Spike uh, spike 11, Riley going out. You wish, Fish, you certainly wish. Um, what do we have here? Ralph Klein, great show, guys, loving the combo. That's a name I do not recognize, Ralph. Hey, you did a great job out in Alberta. Stick around with us and uh, you'll do a great job supporting um, the podcast. We've got Tickly Oxygen. Uh, this show is awesome. You're my go-to for Leafs Talk, Dangle Who. Well, everybody knows Dangle is the, what is he, the like the, the Michael Jordan of, of you know, podcasts and stuff like that. We're really just the sixth guy on the bench um, in a, I'm boring basketball phrases, but uh, it is what it is. Mike, before we wrap up, and I just want to get a couple of things from you. Um, so Dubitz, he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise right now for adjusting his focus and kind of pulling off what people perceive to be him uh, deviating from his plan. And again, this is us making the assessment. Who knows what these cats are we're planning in the boardroom. It was, hey, let's get to a point, then then we're going to do make these changes, make these alterations, as opposed to this idea. And I've been one to propagate this that he's just, you know, it's all spreadsheet based, and somehow it'll all work out. And now he's changing because he's panicking. You know, really, what do you think is going through his mind? Do you do you believe that he knows now 
that you cannot just you you cannot just speculate how things are going to go and you have to react if you're not doing what you would hope you would do and this is a move um not necessarily a move but this is an adjustment kind of last minute to try to right the wrongs or do you feel that you know what maybe this was his plan all along the second question and then we'll wrap up is how the hell do you think the team is feeling about this and don't you think the seeing the moves that dubis has made what he is trying to do to strengthen this team indicates to them that it's time to go all fucking in so pull up your bootstraps tighten your skates get to work show the league show your fan base what you're made of get out there win some bloody hockey games series and go all the way and win a bloody stanley cup last word to you clearly um this team needs the core group to perform when it's called upon they've right. added the pieces around uh, the support players, there's more depth, there's more sandpaper and, uh, you know, aggressiveness. I think they still need a little more, but there is something there. There is pushback there. McCabe and Shen uh, O'Reilly is not an overly physical player, but he's a, a very good player. Um, you know, Achari, they've, they've upgraded in terms of, and, you know, Lafferty as well, they've upgraded in terms of tenacity, and that was a necessity against a team. I do think Kyle Dubas, I don't think this was – I think there was a plan in terms of making the O'Reilly move, but I really think, and I know that he said evidence to the contrary um, about the McCabe deal, that uh, it wasn't in reaction to the Janot deal with uh, with Tampa. I think him being that way, Mike. I think it was. I think. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it was simply because you saw Tampa sell out to get a physical big forward to add to the group that they already had. That's nothing. We're not okay. here. Say that again. If so, if Tampa does nothing, are we at this point right now talking about all of these players joining the good ship Maple Leaf? I, I I think that maybe the McCabe deal happens, but maybe they wait later and try to get the price down whereas i think once uh tampa made that move and went all in and traded basically an entire draft to get a guy who's you know uh making eight hundred thousand dollars that he saw that he was going to get outgunned and he really had to make the move to really improve the physicality and the sandpaper and the tenacity of the team um you know you have but the thing is managers in any professional sport have to keep their options open so it wasn't like he was caught by surprise or caught flat-footed he was investigating possible options to make trades mm -hmm. and he did and uh, yeah I, I know that uh carl koliakovo today on uh tsn radio was saying that the that spezza being as part of the group as an advice the comment mike what's that Reference the comment for the uh, podcast listeners. Yeah, oh, Carl, Carl, oh uh, Vapsis, uh, don't underestimate the value Spezza as special advisor could have had in helping do is decide what they need. I, I agree with that. And really, uh, Carl, Carl Koliakovo, who uh, a former Leaf, uh, former NHLer, uh, on TSN radio this morning was saying the same thing that Spezza, I'm sure, has some input. And you know, he played on this team last year. He played on the team. He played in Game Seven against this Tampa team. And once you see, now I'm not saying it's it's Spezza pulling the strings, but that's that's what a good management team does. They have the input of a number of different perspectives, and Spezza uh, provides the interesting perspective of being on the ice and being with that team 
uh, when when things counted in Game Seven, and they read off the roster of of the team in Game Seven, and you know you had Colin Blackwell and Andre Kasha and Alex Kerfoot and Mikheyev on the second line. The team now, as compared to the team twelve months ago, is markedly better. But so is Tampa in some ways. Their defense is weaker, but their their forwards. You know they lost Palat, but they've added. Uh, they've added Jano uh, and they've added a few other players. So, you know, this it's an evolving situation. I think, like I said, I think there are still moves to be made. Right. If, if wow. Now the question is how big? It could be something minor like a, a power forward or, sorry, a, a, a physical forward, a, a, a fourth-line type uh, depth guy. It could be, you know, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, who may be on the market. Would you consider this, what's going on right now, mm-hmm. the addition of all of these players, the subtraction of picks, and, and Tyler Bertuzzi or somebody of that ilk coming aboard, would you consider it then to be a full-scale renovation? Because well, at this point, you're hesitant to 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 commit to that yeah. idea as being um, as as transforming the team the way I believe it is right now, and many do believe as well. I mean, I think it's transformative, but I also think that if you're not tra- if you're trading a f- if you're trading Boston's first round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi, again, you're adding to the group. You're not subtracting somebody. Now, if you have to trade Alex Kerfoot in that deal to make the money work, then that's then you're getting to the edge of renovation because then you've been moved three players off your roster and you've added six or seven. But well, I, I can't piece and toss it in the trash and have one of the new ones. It's a renovation. Well, I'm just I'm just saying that right right now that that they're cha- they're changing the landscape of this team by adding people to the core group. It's not you know renovation is it would have been trading one of the core group would have been trading Neilander and that hasn't happened. They're add they're they're giving the core group every eliminating every excuse that has been in the past. They're not supported. They're being over. Like if somebody takes a run at John Tavares or somebody takes a run at Mitch Marner, somebody's going to respond on this team. Yeah, I, I hope so. And th- and that's the thing. I, I I think that when the puck drops on the Leafs lightning, whether it starts in Toronto or starts in North Florida, I think it's going to be a war. If if you think it's just going to be ice capades, you're kidding yourself. It's going to be, it might be the toughest series that, the Leafs play or either team uh, plays. And I'm so, I'm all in, I'm jacked, I'm pumped. And I just like the fact that these new guys are coming in because I wasn't content with the, the group that we knew two weeks ago. And it started with O'Reilly. I know the guy personally, I've covered the guy, I know what kind of player he is. That mindset, those are the guys that I want on this team. It's it's unbelievable. Um, Trickly Oxygen, Norm, you're first overall in my heart. Back to you, brother. This is the first time I've ever mentioned your name, but it feels like we, we've known each other for such a long time. Now, JM, JM may um, may summarize how a lot of people are feeling, and it, it may show that we're all missing the point. All of these additions are great. Are we still confident Murray and Samsonov will be able to do what Anderson and Campbell couldn't do? That's the thing. And we've talked about how Reimer may come in. Mm-hmm. Nobody's... We're not bringing Carey Price in in his prime to here to backstop a team. 
well, Arthur Murphy and Samsonov, the guys, and if 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 one of those go down, are Shalgren and Wall going to be able to come in? Are we missing the point, Mike? And we're trying to get out of here, but there's it's just too good right now. Well, with a flawed average Jack Campbell, they got to Game Seven against Tampa. Right. He played well at some instances, and he played badly in others. So, um, I think that you're going to see in a playoff series, barring injury, you're going to see both. Samsonov and Murray play. I right. think it's going to be a situation where I mean Samsonov is like 17-2-1 in Toronto. Murray is, has a pretty good record on the road and he's won two Stanley Cups. So he has tasted that pressure and he has been hardened in the crucible of the playoffs. Right. So I, I think you're going to end up seeing both of those goaltenders playing. Attitude and ability. Sorry, Mike. And Mike's in Chictawaga. I'm in London. What's the distance? Two and a half hours. We're not at the same place, so sometimes we cut each other off. It's not a it's not a, a, a matter of attitude or heart or desire. It's a matter of body and capability, and age will catch up with everyone. Uh, Justin Millett, a great point. I get people's goalie concerns to an extent, but adding two defensive defensemen who actually finish neutral zone checks and clear the net is something the Leafs have not had. Yes. Great point, JM. I, I agree. And you know, clearing the front of the net is essential in terms of, especially on the penalty kill. But five on five against Tampa with Maroon, Perry, Belmar, Janot, Nick Paul, Russ, Ross Colton, these bunch of, these bunch of, these bunch of knuckle dragging Neanderthals. I mean, it's, Let's you know, go. Let's you know. Mike. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, the problem is we have to wait six weeks. Yeah, we have to wait six weeks. So let the the Leafs just need to season, and after March third, it'll it'll take a load off. We'll know who they have, and then who knows what the hell happens between now and the beginning of the playoffs. A bunch of guys could get hurt. Uh, you know, you may we may have an unsung hero that all of us are not considering or you know overlooking. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, and all the dues that Kyle Dubas has brought in um, will uh, pay dividends for him. Because, guys, OG's commerce, like, how great would this be? Late spring, like, late May, June, the Leafs deep into an Eastern Conference final. And we're all here on a late Friday night after a win going into Game 7, and there's hundreds of people in the chat. Mike's tan is um, starting to develop. And here I am, crushing Muskoka's, chatting, the kids upstairs, freaking out, my wife trying to contain things. But we're talking Maple Leafs. How exciting would that be? I'm getting goosebumps, Mike. And I'm showing the 56-inch pythons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay there, Hulk. Uh, we better get out of here. I wanted to give a shout-out to Mark Dick. He's been killing it in the chat, nearly banned a few times, going at everybody. He's the kind of guy the Leafs need. If if Mark Day and his comments and the way how aggressive he is and how integral and how passionate he is could be translated into a hockey player, um, you know, him and Mark, his, his Mark, lost cousin, Alexandra. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark is the illegitimate son of Alexander Day. That's where he goes. Son? <laughs> Jesus is he like what would Alexander's son be like 12 is we we can't have kids like that uh in the uh in the chat uh chef tricks great stuff great combo boys when's the next one i don't know when is the next one if there's a big sunday, deal, sunday probably sunday mike's done my mike's Mike no, no, no. wants to put on his slippers and, and I, watch reruns of I, uh 
No, yeah, I have to watch what? I have to watch San Francisco. I have to watch season eight of Blue Bloods. No, um, but no, I think there's going to be another deal. I don't think it's going to be a major deal. I think the odds of them doing a Bertuzzi deal or somebody suggested Max Domi or, or JVR or anything of that kind of major consequence, I think is very low, but I do think that they're going to shed, they're going to shed a salary in, right. in for draft picks. And maybe they add a forward, a physical forward to, uh, you know, improve their depth up front. Right. Uh, but that's about it. I, that's what I expect. But, hey, I didn't expect three trades in one day. So maybe we're talking tomorrow. I try leaving it with you, and then more people jump in the chat, and it's great. We're having a lot of fun. Last one. Last question. Is Kyle Dubas dealing for his job? Well, it's funny because I've heard – conflicting information on that like okay last week steve simmons said he thinks that even if they lost in the first round that dubas that's would... optimism from mr simmons you know that yeah that that even even if they lost with the job and this is before he made all these other deals that he would be back now i've heard to the contrary that he is you know singing for a supper and that they have to win and that you know if shanahan if it was up to Shanahan, he would have been signed to a contract, but the MLS and the board are like, okay, we need this guy to win. We need this team to win. You know, they're, they're owned by Sportsnet and TSN, and they want the ratings. Going anywhere. They want the ratings. So um, the funny thing is, if they lose in the first round, it could be a clean sweep. It could be Dubas. It could be Keefe. And then you're going to have a new general manager and a new coach next year. And why? Wow, 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 wow. So, and I, and sorry, Shifty, you know, you may, you may dislike Steve Simmons, but the guy has been in the Toronto market for 30 years. He has connections. He knows what he's talking about. And if he's being told that he's reporting it, you can, you can think he's a clown. He's not a clown. Right. You can not like his opinions, but let's not, let's not shift to Shifty. Okay. Shift Shifty's a great guy and we appreciate him being here, but who gives a fuck? Like at the end of the day, you need an eclectic mix of media. if you think this is bad, go to New York. Go yeah, Mike. Go to London, England. This is this is bullshit child's play. And a guy like Steve Simmons with a shitty, crappy sweater on, uh, asking tough, tough questions to Kyle Dubas or you know uh, Kevin Gosman or one of these or, or one of these dudes. Like, who cares? This is what you need. You need something that's a little outside of the box, right? And. People hate on that guy, but sometimes they're on to things. I think that Kyle Dubas, I think this process and everything that's gone on has changed him and changed the the look he can give off to the to the brass in that, hey, listen, man, I understand that analytics are, are big and everybody should be using them, but they're not the only thing. And at a time like this, fuck your analytics. We are trying to get somewhere that we haven't been before, and it's getting tired. It's getting tired. It really, really is because at some point in the near future, Matthews is going to have to be re-signed or they're going to have to kind of rethink him. Marner at some point too. Tavares and Nylander. These cats aren't going to be together forever and those are your core four. And just to kind of summarize everything again, Mike, if those four dudes kind of blow up a, a, a collective wheel in the playoffs, then... The next step that Kyle Dubas is going to have to make is to reassess what he's got in those guys. Um, big game tonight uh, in Edmonton. Uh, expect Connor McDavid to get nine points. With Jack Campbell in goal, expect the Leafs to score 10 goals. 
Hey, don't don't disrespect '97, man. Come on, like oh, that. Oh, well, not disrespecting McDavid. I'm disrespecting Jack Campbell. Right, right, right. Um, we've got to get out of here. If something big, big, big happens, we'll be back before Sunday. If not, we should probably give it a rest. Let the content season, uh, and we'll see you Sunday. OG's conference, you know when it is Sunday morning. A lot of new people to the conversation. Sunday mornings is when we go. Uh, the hangover doesn't really wear off, but I can finally get out of bed around, uh, you know, 9, 9.30. We usually do around 10 o'clock. We do anywhere between a half hour to an hour. We have a lot of fun. In the meantime, like the content. We appreciate, you know, Mike and I don't have a sponsor right now. We do this for free. Uh, and again, we do this uh, out of the goodness of our hearts for you guys. So uh, like the content, subscribe to the channel that helps uh, put us on a higher uh, ranking with uh, within um, Google's or sorry, YouTube's algorithm. So we get more exposure, more hits. Watch the commercials. I know they suck. I hate the commercials when I'm watching my own content. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And then I'm like, oh, wait, maybe it's like six cents for the for for mike and i you know again we, we don't come at you with patreon we're not asking you for to um to, to support us just through donations we just do this content for fun but a couple of bucks here through uh here and there through promotions uh and through um advertising and commercials on youtube will help um uh, because every every penny does count for all of us so uh, help us out that way that's all we'll ask and in the meantime you have our commitment. Mike and I will continue to provide content all the way up through the very last game of the season. And if the hockey gods are listening and, you know, they've been, or they're merciful enough, it'll be after a game five, six, or seven of the Stanley Cup. And these bastards in blue and white will be hoisting a cup. And we will do literally a five hour show that night. So you have our pledge. In the meantime, have fun watching the Oilers game, Mr. Ajello. Hope all is well in Chicktawaga, New York, and we'll get together soon, okay? Oh, so. thanks so much. We are out.